Thanks again for joining us for today's December Ask the Expert call. Now without any further delay, I would like to introduce today's host, David Molman with Align Technology. David, you now have the floor. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's Ask the Expert webinar, Unlocking the Secrets to the ClinCheck Treatment Plan with Dr. Pai Matai. You will earn two C hours for attending today's program, and you will receive important instructions on how to obtain your C certificate at the conclusion of the presentation. Additionally, C hours will automatically be added to your Invisalign doctor site account. Please allow two to four weeks for C hours to appear on your account. Please note you're able to listen to today's program via the webcast, and throughout the webinar, you'll be able, you will have the opportunity to ask text questions, which our presenter will answer at the conclusion of the presentation. I apologize in advance if we're unable to answer everyone's questions since our time is limited, but we will follow up after the program to answer any outstanding text questions. Today's program will be archived in its entirety on the Education tab of your Invisalign doctor's site, where you may also access archived versions of all of our previous Ask the Expert programs anytime for CE hours. It's now my distinct pleasure to introduce our speaker today, Dr. Pai Matai. A graduate of Tufts Dental with over 19 years of clinical practice experience, Dr. Tai has been treating Invisalign patients since 2006 at his private practice in Laguna Hills, California, and is approaching 1,000 successful cases treated today. His perseverance and research spearheaded the Invisalign Cosmetic and Inclusion Solution, which has led to four dental journal publications. So without further delay, I'll turn the program over to Dr. Tai. Dr. Tai, you now have the floor. Well, good morning and mid-morning to some of you in the East Coast, doctors. I already saw some of you have been waiting for the past few minutes. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about this passion of mine, Invisalign. And the product line is really important because we're going to discuss a lot of information where I've been utilizing the ClinCheck software for my patients' treatments, for their outcomes, understanding that most of these treatments we're going to be rendering today with our patients with Invisalign are going to have a much better outcome than the past 10 years that I've been practicing in, in aligner, clear aligner treatments. Remember, doctors, all the statements and views uh, expressed by myself are um, my own um, ideologies of how to treat the ClinCheck software, how to treat some of these patients and the outcomes, and the attendees are, are responsible for their own regulatory compliance. So let's talk about some considerations about the ClinCheck software. Now, those doctors who are listening in today, you will have an idea of how the ClinCheck software works. Some of you may not. So I like to explain how I look at it from a general practitioner's viewpoint of what is the software and how do we utilize it effectively, not only for diagnostics, but also treatment of these minor teeth movements. So let's discuss the diagnostic portion first. Let's talk about how we can actually take from that impression or the scan that we take of the patient in the 3D software and be able to utilize it in showing patients as well as my own outcomes of where they were and where they will be, and as well as the treatment itself, how we're going to render treatment, how we're going to move these teeth effectively and understand the technician side of it who is helping us guide us to where we need to go. So first, let's talk about the diagnostic tools. Those of you who are, who are used to this uh, tab, now ClinCheck and, uh, has been improved and always will be with the line. ClinCheck Pro is what all of you should be having on your um, downloaded. There is the rotation tab that you see on the uh, left side, the attachments, uh, the, the, the teeth numbers. Uh, you can use either the universal or the Palmer if you like. Um, the IPR, which we're going to discuss a lot. Some of the overcorrections, that's a little plus sign you see there in the middle of the screen. That plus sign explains to have additional three aligners 
which are going to be basically tightening or helping us uh, kind of overcorrect, if you will, um, finish up the case in the interapproximations if, if there are any lingering uh, open contacts or light contacts. There's now they've added the um, occlusal portion, but we have the Pontic and Teen product that's in the middle, and I'll explain that to you about the Pontics. And we're going to actually do three cases live. You'll see how I go through the ClinCheck itself. And I love seeing now this occlusal tab. It looks like a little exclamation mark, but what that does actually show us the uh, marking of the spots of the patient's uh, occlusion, whether it's heavy or light um, or none at all. Uh, the grid feature, we're going to go really into the superimpose as well. But what I wanted to kind of go through is the diagnostic tools in each one of these product lines that we utilize, which is now currently the full product. And some of you are familiar with the assist product that Align has. Basically, I'd like to see the starting from a GP standpoint, from the midline, looking at the patient's smile line, then moving back to seeing what bite classifications they are. We can see the tooth size. We can see gingival heights or contour. We can actually see the buccal corridors, black triangles. Um, you know, looking at the axial line angles of the crowns, angulations, whether it's labial, uh, the intercuspation, curvus V. Most importantly, the overjet and the arch form, which we get that anterior coupling. So I like to discuss this a little deeper in the ClinCheck Pro software of what I use as my four go-to tabs as far as the diagnostics. So I love the grid feature. And as those of you who, are, who are, have used this tool before, the grid feature is right there in the upper center that you see on your slide that allows you to see in millimeters the maybe the size of teeth or how much overjet you're trying to correct. Um, I also utilize the superimposition to just kind of see where my teeth are and where they will be. And each one of these we're going to discuss a little deeper. And those of you who are not familiar with the occlusal contacts, uh, that's the actual newest tab that's been introduced. I'm, I'm really liking this product because this, this feature because I get to see the heavy bites on anteriors. And some of you doctors talk about getting posterior open bites during treatment. Some of you doctors were worried about having a light contact in the posteriors. We're going to use this tool in uh, kind of helping and guiding us not to uh, have those problems. And the photo tab, which kind of just puts the patient's photos you've taken into orally right there in uh, my ClinCheck that I get to view, so I don't have to go and uh, find and fumble looking for the patient's photos. Let's discuss the grid feature first. Some of you who've seen it, as soon as you turn on the grid feature and that's that little top line that you see on the center of your screen. Uh, why does the 3D model seem to change when I turn on the grid feature? Why is it that everything gets stretched? Well, the reality is that they're trying to give you the perspective in the um, orthonatal project projection, which means that it allows you to see the actual point of measurement in accurate millimeter form. So you're looking at this in a grid and measuring that central incisor uh, mesial to distal, if it's eight and a half to nine millimeters. If you look at it in the perspective that is not um, uh, in, in relation to the actual measurements of the tooth, then you, that rounding or even that curvous speed doesn't measure out properly. So that's the first thing that you need to know. As soon as you turn on the grid feature, you're going to get the actual millimeters and the 3D model changes. It, it does change, but it's giving you the actual numerical assignment to those millimeters and microns. Uh, I'm sorry, millimeters uh, for your teeth. The superimposition tool, um, I use this to really see where my end stage is. 
using the, as how you see it turns kind of blue, the super imposition uh, tool as soon as you turn it on. And it's a better visualization of your end stage of movements. That's what I use it mostly for, looking at where I am and where I will be. And we're going to discuss IPR and how I get to see whether or not I need to do that amount of IPR recommended in achieving my final outcome. So we're going to discuss also the occlusal contact tool. That's that little exclamation mark point that I've mentioned to you. Now, understand, doctors, there is in the ClinCheck Pro, they also have a 3D feature. Uh, that ClinCheck Pro in the 3D feature, I'll show you how I can simply turn that on and view my occlusion, where you see it's heavy marked in red, and then you see the light green of having some contacts. Um, these are able to identify the interarch occlusal contacts. Very important during and even mid and final stages of treatment, because if you have an anterior heavy contact and it's showing you that you have red marks, as you see on your screen, heavy anterior contacts, you're going to end up with a light posterior bite. And that's why some of the doctors are, um, I've heard as I'm lecturing on the road that, oh my gosh, I'm having uh, some issues with having a light posterior contact. Well, this will be, avoid you um, having those issues using this tool. And again, we discussed the photo tab. So I'm able to view multiple views in the photo tab, uh, looking at the patient's uh, smile line as well as the gums that, in, if you understand, that it simulated uh, the gingiva in the ClinCheck software. Well, as soon as you light the photo tab right there on the um, right side of your screen, you get to actually see the patient's photos that you've loaded or your x-rays that you've loaded. So what, this is why it's taking proper photos and good photos are important. You get to use these as a diagnostic tool. So you simultaneously get to see it in, in the patient's treatment plan, as well as looking at it as we're going to discuss in the ClinCheck software, um, where we, when we go live, doctors, because I've already pre-recorded some of the ClinCheck's, we won't be able to see the photos. But you'll see the photo tab. It won't be lit. But for you, as you're doing the ClinCheck live while you're online, you just press that photo tab there and you get to see your photos um, side by side. So we'll be utilizing some of these tools. We talked about treatment. Let's talk about treatment. Well, let's go back and see why we're treating these cases. May it be that they have an anterior overjet. May it be that they have a rotation of a lateral. May it be that they have maybe a, a, an occlusion that needs to be uh, properly treated. At the end, we have to at least get our three, as if you recall back in dental school, the three golden rules of, of occlusion. We have to, at least in my setups, I want to make sure from posterior, I have the mandibular buccal contacts, all line angles that rest in the central fossa of the maxillary. So what does that mean? If you look at the top view, you can kind of see that the premolar tooth number 12 and 13 are not properly in line. If, if anything, it's not in the central fossa, just the cusp to fossa rule is, is failing. And if you look at it from a lingual view, you can actually use your ClinCheck software to look inside the patient's mouth from the back of their head. It's amazing. This is why I love this, this, this feature of ClinCheck. We get to actually see how the lingual cusps are lining up. So that brings us to the second rule of occlusion, making sure that the maxillary lingual occlusal line angles rest in the mandibular central fossa. So again, having that costa fossa uh, relationship, in this case, the linguals have to rest in the central fossa. And you can see on tooth number 29 in the second uh, picture, uh, just below the upper uh, arch, 
is not fitting in properly. If anything, the lingual cusp is actually tipping uh, um, too far, uh, maybe about 20 or 30 degrees towards the tongue or uh, lingual, and that's not a proper occlusion to have. When you start to look at these features, and you start from the first rule, the mandibular buckle occlusal line angles resting the maxillary central fossa, to the second feature, where now we have to have the lingual cusps resting in the um, central fossa of the mandibular, the ClinCheck software then will try to achieve, and as you can see on our third and the setup that was sent in, that proper bite. Now, how do you want to finish this bite? The communication to the technician is important because as you can see on the first area, on the anterior, we've got some overjet. Some of my communications have been, please finish in an anterior coupling in 1 to 1.5 millimeter of, of ideal bite position, which means they're going to add interapproximation. They're going to add IPR because the third rule of occlusion is that we have to have supporting cusp tips that rest in the marginal ridges areas in the central fossa. Now, what does that mean? Basically, where the central incisors land on the lower, on the lingual, mesial, uh, lingual ridges, cusps, as well as the mandibular, which is on the distal buckle on the posteriors, okay? So this, if you just go back to dental school and you're setting up uh, your, your dentures, our ideal position at the end becomes that the upper fits over the lower just about a millimeter um, over jet overbite or a millimeter and a half. And that's pretty much my agenda because when I start to look at my ClinCheck, I have to have a systemized looking at the ClinCheck and I'm going to talk to you how I do this. I, I, first and foremost, you have to have your clinical preferences set up so that they're routine. Are you looking at the anterior first? Are you looking at the overjet first? Are you looking at the posterior first? Are you looking at the upper arch or lingual arch? What, what, how are you looking at it? Because you have to have that systematic approach when you're reviewing your ClinChecks. So most importantly, communicating that and identifying which teeth you want to move to your technician. So if I'm looking at, at, at a, at a ClinCheck and I'm looking at an overjet view or an anterior view, I need to communicate that to my technician. Now, I'm not going to tell them how far or how much, but it would be nice for, for the technician to know, hey, I'm planning on doing some veneers. Please give me some spaces between the laterals. Um, the central incisors are too wide. Please interapproximate. I'd like to have some spacing for residual spacing that's left over for a four-unit veneer maybe. You have to specify the view, the tooth number, the movement, as well as the direction you want to go, mesial or distal. So in looking at those systematic review, I always like to kind of talk to the doctors is read the comments from a line, obviously, review which tab, turn off all the IPR attachments, okay? So, you know, when you go look at it and, and you, you turn it on, it kind of confuses you, okay? So you can have it on, look at it, then go back, turn it off, and I look at the final stage. I want to look at the final stage before playing the video. Where are the technicians telling me that they're ending? In that anterior overjet is what I look at, going to my three golden rules in the posterior. And each arch, I superimpose, I use the superimpose feature to see how much movement, if they're within the predictable movements, which we're going to discuss in a minute. 
And I played the ClinCheck with the movie at the end in evaluating the IPR attachments if there's any uh, bite tabs given. So now let's remember this. So number one, I read the comments. Number two, just look at your, you know, disable all your, all your um, IPR uh, uh, without looking at them so they don't confuse you. You can turn it on at a later point. As I put here, you can turn it on later. And you jump at the final stage. Look at the final stage. That's what they're telling you where you're ending up. And I start from the anterior overjet. Then I'm going to look at the superimpose and the occlusion and play the video for IPR evaluation. So this is the best view in looking at my patients. I want to see this overjet view. The patient has some anterior overjet. They've got some lower crowding. And what I'm looking at here is that I'm looking at this patient. I want to finalize them. And when I tell them, look, I don't want to do any IPR, guess what happens? They come back with a little bit more overjet with a small black triangle on the lower incisors of 24 and 25. When you look at that, that's not an ideal position. That doesn't follow our golden rule in the anterior where the linguals uh, are, are hitting on the mesial lingual ridges. It's actually hitting just maybe one on the incisor. Maybe someone saying, I want to kind of tip it back. It seems like it's a little overjet. And then they would go back and add the lower IPR to it. So when I get my anterior set up in that 1 to 1.5 millimeter anterior coupling, now I get to go to my posteriors. Now I'm going to introduce some additional tools to you folks. And if you look at this uh, ClinCheck, when you're looking at it, you'll you see this 3D. It has this little 3D control. Um, I don't necessarily go through and try to move teeth, but if you turn that feature on, you automatically can change arch. You can do a lot more things. I know the orthodontists are, are really keen on this product and use it, using it. For me, just remember, when you start to turn on this 3D feature and manipulate the arches, now it's going to have the same effect on the opposing arch. It's going to have effects on IPR. And you're taking that control without the guidance of the technician. So I like to kind of have the support of the technician in telling them what I need. However, I like turning this feature on because it lights up some of the uh, occlusal contacts we talked about, and I use it as a view of where my t uh, teeth are as a narrow and where they would be on the final stage. That's what I'm using it for, for additional tools to learn and explain what I'd like to do. I don't go and try to manipulate the arches on my own without the guidance of the technician. In correcting deep bites, for instance, those doctors who sometimes you've seen, you have a lower crowding. Remember, when we resolve crowding, what's a key feature in the ClinCheck software? It proclines lower teeth forward. When you procline teeth forward and kind of intrude them in correcting that curvus V, you may have anterior collisions that create posterior open bite. So you can actually ask for lingual bite tabs. They kind of look like this, and it's the G5 feature, uh, that, that this is only by request. It allows these little um, extensions in the clear liner that allows the intrusion of the lower teeth and resolving of the deep bite. So giving you these features, now we want to kind of put it all together because when it comes to the IPR, a lot of doctors say, well, do I do it at the beginning? Do I do it at the end? I'm one of those doctors who like to get the IPR done as much as possible at the front end. I like the first 10 aligners. I always tell doctors the first 10 aligners are your massive movements. Those are your rotations. Those are your, your proclinations. Those are trying to resolve the lower crowding by proclining forward or maybe adding that lingual bite tab if it's a deep bite. So when it turns white, 
that's the amount of IPR you have. As soon as you see that yellow golden color as you're playing the video, that typically means, hey, you better be completed at this current stage. And the gray means all done. We've proclined the teeth. You've interproximated them. Now we're lingualizing them. So when you start to look at these features here, I always tell doctors, allow yourself the first 10 aligners to get these heavy movements. And if you see most of these movements, like in this case by aligner 7, all 0.5 have been done. Now we're going to do this case and you're going to see this case as to how we utilize multiple tools in achieving where we need to be in that anterior final bite position. So let's view the ClinCheck and some of the ClinCheck uh, uh, controls. So here we are, this particular patient had come in, some of the patients that you see, lower crowding, he's got about 60% deep bite, that premolar that you saw earlier on tooth number uh, 13 that has its tucked in uh, lingual, the lower has a little bit of, you know, it's not ideal in terms of the arch form. And, you know, the patient uh, pretty much would like to have a better smile line. And you can see that he doesn't, you can barely see his lower anteriors. He's got a very deep bite. Utilizing the deep bite, automatically you know I have to correct the deep bite and maybe I can use the lingual bite tabs. Maybe I can get some additional forces built in in trying to resolve it. So prior to me submitting the case, um, I make sure that I kind of have that discussion with my patient that what the goals are going to be. Our goal in this case, resolve the deep bite, correct the upper arch, you know, allow the premolars to line up properly, as well as the lower premolar. You can kind of see he's got a disappearing smile line there on the premolar. And that, that's my initial goals, finishing in that 1 to 1.5 millimeter anterior overjet overbite. In achieving that goal, now when we submit, um, I want to have this view. I want to look at the view from an overjet view. And, you know, looking at the ClinCheck software, that's what that lingual bite tabs look like. Those little blue uh, on the software, it shows you those little blue markings. And they, you don't have to put any attachments on or anything. It's automatically placed on the aligner for you to resolve the bite. Why? Because if you look at this anterior coupling, how are we going to resolve the crowding? Let's go back to the picture. Well, we're going to resolve the crowding by proclining forward. As we procline the lowers forward, the anteriors then would have to do what? We have to make room. If we don't make room in the anteriors and we don't procline that forward, we're going to get a posterior open bite. So instead of doing that, I like to possibly intrude the lower anteriors. Instead of proclining forward and possibly risking a posterior light bite, I like to intrude the anteriors and by adding the lingual bite tabs, it allows me that extra force to get that intrusion, right? And, you know, nine months into the um, aligner treatment, we can see that my final stage that they showed me on the right of your screen, I pretty much lined up pretty good, not too bad. And it lined up, I, in, in my, in, as a success, in getting that deep bite a little bit resolved. Now we can go and fine-tune it and have a better progress. So in looking at this patient, from this beginning to final stage, you can see now the amount of intrusion. You can see that this patient, what I got in my ClinCheck on those premolars, and I used the superimposed feature in looking at where my final stage would be in getting the intrusion with a G5. So that's why I used the superimposed feature, and it told me that, hey, we're going to bring out, you can see the premolar that turned white. That's your final position. The start position is blue. And the final position did do the little bit of proclination,
but I had to do intrusions. And I was prepared to have a little bit of a light bite, but typically that bite does settle in once you go into the retention mode. And that's why in this case we decided to put lingual arch wires uh, uh, for him as a retention so we could get that posterior to settle. So now that we explained this, let's go through and look at the ClinCheck. Let's go through and see exactly what I got back. So this was our patient, um, Lee. He got back, what I got from the technician was I just told him I'd like to finish in one millimeter overjet overbite. I'd like to uh, finish this patient with, and I always put this down, with minimal IPR as possible, right? Um, now remember, I'm not telling them no IPR with minimal. Why do I say minimal? I know that up to 0.5 is okay. I also know that I can distribute IPR in the posters if I need to. So 0.2 is very minimal, very, very minimal. He's got wide central incisors. How do I view the ClinCheck when I get it back? Okay, well, first I want to make sure this is my patient. So I think all of you agree this is the patient. Um, and again, I told you on the photo tab, you can pre press the photo right here. As you can see, my mouse moving uh, because I'm not live. It doesn't show up for me, but in your case, it would show up, uh, and you can confirm that this is your patient, okay? Number two, I turn off all the attachment, all the IPR, all the overcorrection. So this is what I see. The tabs, as you recall, are the same tabs we discussed. And I go to the overjet view, looking at the anterior from front to back from a GP perspective, okay? And in looking at this, you can actually increase and view a lot better your bite and occlusion. Now what they're telling me is, Dr. Atai, you're going to finish here. Are you okay with this finish, right? You see, if I press the video, I, I don't get to see exactly all the movements. I can't see, it kind of, I lose it. But if I go from start to go to the final stage, okay, well, I can see that uh, I have some midline issues maybe, but am I going to be that picky? Not yet. Let's take a look. I, there's a little chipping on the lower anterior. Maybe that's why it's got that little uh, arch in between. But what I'm really looking for is did they finish in that one millimeter overjet overbite? Are we happy when we look at from an overjet view of this occlusion in this bite? Now, doctors, this is where you can actually use your, you know, the three golden rules of occlusion hat on. And you can also put turn on right over here where it has occlusal, with a little exclamation. You can actually see the occlusal contacts. And you can actually see the occlusal contacts. And that when you turn that feature on, you get to see where your occlusion contacts are, which points from each view, and on the anterior, I have limited or none at all. So it, it, it kind of gives you a better perspective. Now, what I like to do is once I look at the overjet view, I turn on the side and I look at from the side view. I basically go right here on the right side, flip it on the side. Do I have in my final stage that cusp to fossa? That was where the lower buckle cusp hit the central fossas of the upper. And do we have that on this side? Absolutely, that looks good. Do I have it on the left side? I flip it up again. And, in, and as I flip this up and look at it, maybe not so good on that molar, right? Maybe not so good on that molar. And what was the reason with that one? If you recall, there was a rotation that needed to be done. I know predictably that on the molars, we can probably rotate 0.5, maybe, you know, five degrees, I don't know if I can get more than that. So in just a plastic aligner treatment alone, as you can see, they're actually doing a little bit of proclination on that premolar, or if you like to call, uh, they're expanding or uprighting the premolar, how much? So once I look at the overjet view, 
I'm now going to take a look at using the grid feature and see if these are predictable movements. Now, doctors, keep in mind, I have always talked about the 246 rule. What does that mean? I can expand or use an aligner to push teeth out, buckle at least two millimeters on premolar, molar, and back. From canine to canine, I can push out four or lingualize four millimeters. So in lo looking at that rule, you can use now your grid feature, and you can also put in your superimpose. And you go back to the initial stage. Looking at this initial stage, if you want to check to see how much expansion or uprighting was done from canine to molar or from premolar to premolar, you simply go to the final stage, and we can count how many of these millimeter squares have gone out. And as you can see, I can even make this bigger for everybody. So you can see there's one, two. That's a very predictable movement. I know that the plastic aligner can push teeth out or upright them two millimeters. Okay, fantastic. So we've got two millimeters of buckle inclination. We're good there. That's predictable. And how about the anterior? Well, on the anterior, there's only maybe about a millimeter or so that they're lingualizing. We can procline or bring back, given there's enough IPR made, up to four. So we're good on the upper arch. Now, what about the lower arch? Again, I go back to my initial stage. And how much uprighting can we do on that lower premolar? Same thing, too. So now I can simply count. And there's one and two uh, millimeters or on the grid feature that you can see of square panels of millimeter uh, in uh, size that there's been uprighted. So again, this is within predictability. What about the anteriors? Lower anteriors, you can see the proclamation has been one, two, and three. So you recall, we saw my final picture. This was exactly what happened. Now when I see that it's in within the four millimeters of proclination or lingualization anterior, two millimeters of uprighting or expansion, if you like to call that, on the posterior from premolar to molar, I'm going to now check my IPR. I'm also going to now check the both arches together. Now I take a look. How much interapproximation are they asking me to do? Well. I know some of you doctors don't like attachments on the anterior teeth. These are very small, and this attachment's needed to upright the root, if anything. So if you look, they put the lingual bite tabs, and I'll show you my clinical preferences with the ClinCheck, that I have that in there if there's a deep bite to automatically add it for me, as well as they're putting point to IPR. Very predictable, very easy. Doctors, if you don't like to do anterior IPR, you can ask for posterior IPR, but in this particular case, because I'm trying to resolve the deep bite and the overjet, and they, he's got big central incisors, I can predictably go ahead and do the IPR at point two. So notice how when we play the ClinCheck, we're going from intrusion, and on aligner seven, we start to put on attachments, and we're going upper intrusion. So the lowers are happening first, because that lingual bite tab is putting the force and moving it. So as you look at this, check it's very predictable very doable at both times we're getting teeth out of the way as the aligners are putting the force and moving them so if you'd like to go deeper with this now you can turn on the 3d feature and what the 3d feature does for you is that it allows you to kind of view some different things in looking at your final position in how you were and if you'd like to start moving and changing and looking at your stages, you can do so as well. But we'll get to that uh, in, a, in a deeper comment on the next case because what I like to present to you now is looking at some of these rotations. Because if you remember Lee's case, the premolar, 
Did it have a rotation involved? Not too much. But if you start to look, how do I, how am I able to tell rotations? How am I supposed to see how teeth are supposed to line up? Again, all the buckle line angles should go from molar buckle to the cuspid buckle should all line up properly, as you can see on the right side of your screen. So I'm not too worried about the degrees of rotation, given that they're less than 30 or 40 degrees. What I'm worried about is if that teeth are proclining forward, if I'm getting the uprighting, am I getting from the buckle cusp to cusp in the fossa of the upper arch? Is that hitting following those three golden rules of occlusion? So looking at him, his case in mid-course as we started, and moving forward to his final position, you can kind of see how the premolar rotated nicely. You know, we, we've, we've, we've resolved the anterior. And just so you know, I did put final here, but I wanted to do a little bit more on that incisor. Uh, he, he didn't let me continue with putting attachments on tooth number eight, so I would have liked to upright the root, the clincheck the said to put the two attachments on. But he had, and that's why I pointed out earlier, he had a little bit of issue worrying about it. But he was happy with his smile line. I myself, would, as we do all dentists, you have to listen to your patient and also listen to your final outcome. I would have liked to do a little bit more on that central incisor of number eight and upright it, maybe go a little bit more deeper. But as the teeth are settling in, he was very happy. So we let him be. And as you can see, the treatment started and finished in just under a year. Okay? So let's talk about clinical preferences. We have to establish a routine clinical preferences with your technician, okay? And what I've done is I, you know, those are the doctors who, who are in the ClinCheck software every day, you know that the clinical preference bite tab is right there on the right side of your screen. Uh, you just kind of press it, and as soon as you press that, you go to this page where it talks about your clinical preferences. Now, I've standardized my clinical preferences to universal teeth numbering. I like to have simultaneous finish, meaning I don't want to have where I'm starting the aligner on, on the lower arch and then starting on the upper arch uh, at the same time, but the patient has none of these aligners at the end, and I keep telling him, let me, let me go ahead and order some extra aligners called passive ones, and let me go ahead and try to get some, you know, uh, wear the same aligner that's getting nasty and smelly. So when I have a simultaneous finish, it means that automatically I'll be done at the same time, upper and lower arch, and the patient has those passive aligners, which is number three in asking to make sure that they get aligners that really don't have forces or torque built in them, but the patient actually gets to use them so they stay clean as the other arch is catching them. And yes, I do like doing IPR on the first clean check if it allows me to, meaning if the teeth are not so much overlapping, if I can get in there, I like to add the clean check IPR right away. All the heavy movements, all the major events I want to happen at the very beginning. So the patient just doesn't worry about every time they come in, what's going to happen now? This week I'm going to put on attachments. Next week I'm going to get IPR. So every week they feel like something's going to be going on. I get all the heavy movements, all the initial movements the first 10 weeks and 10 aligners. I tell the patients, look, the next 10, 20 weeks we're going to be moving these teeth. After that it's going to be smooth sailing and we're just going to make sure that all your teeth are landing properly and just kind of fine-tune it. And that puts me at a no delay at IPR attachments as well. So again, I don't delay that. Pontix, those of you who uh, will, will do a restorative case with Pontix, I like the full-size Pontix. I don't like the ones that have the buckle uh, showing. So we can actually ask for a virtual tooth in a space on a molar, let's say, if it's missing, uh, uh, and, and you're planning on doing an implant there, uh, or on an anterior if you're planning on doing a, 
some sort of restorative, um, I like to ask for a full-size Pontic. And as far as arch expansion goes, on number seven that you see on your screen, I like to go from canine to molar. Uh, that arch expansion or uprighting, uh, I like to ask uh, the width between cuspid to molar, uh, not just limiting it to posteriors only. And if I can expand, we discussed that we know that the true expansion, the uprighting is about two millimeters given the plastic aligners. But if we can do more, I always ask for more because sometimes some of these patients have short roots or clinical size crowns that are really large that you can actually get some more torque out of the uh, plastic aligners and getting more surface area and gripping the teeth better and uprighting them. Uh, tooth size discrepancy, if there's ever a lateral or incisor or a cuspid that's not the equal sizes, I like to leave it either distal to the canine or distal to the lateral. In this case, the options are given to me as the lateral. I'll go ahead and go with that. As far as tooth leveling, in looking at the patient's smile, like you saw in Lee's case, I do not use the incisor edges um, to level. I always use the gingival margins as my line of falling because I can add to the incisor or reduce if I have to uh, of the central incisors or uh, anteriors, but I like to use the gums and the gum line for always to be lined up properly. And if they have a long um, recession or long coronal teeth, you know, I have no problem in asking them uh, to trim it halfway between gingival margin at the CEJ line or even a millimeter short of the gum line. Now, those of you who see this virtual C-chain, that was the little plus mark that you saw on the ClinCheck. Those are the additional aligners in tightening up those residual open contacts. So, yes, you want to add that as well. And I always write a special note, please finish in 1.5 millimeter overjet overbite on anterior coupling. So I want the anterior. So once the anteriors line up, I know the posterior should line up that costa fossa. Add lingual bite taps, that's the G5 feature, where there's a deep bite greater than four millimeters. So if I have a deep bite and there's over 60% deep bite, I want to make sure that they add automatically the lingual bite tabs because that feature is only, at, you can only ask for it by request only. And that's it. So this is pretty much my clinical preferences in making sure that the technician and I are on the same um, wavelength. And if you want to share your ClinChecks at any time, if you want to send your ClinChecks, you know, I, there's a feature now on the export button right up there that you can actually share your treatment plan that gives you a, it's protected, it's a username and password that they give so your, your patients or other doctors or, or, or a third party or whoever you like to kind of uh, get some help on, you don't have to worry about hiding the patient's name or all those things. You can actually share that uh, contact uh, and they'll send an email automatically to the patient or if you like them to kind of see, they can actually play the 3D views. It's kind of cool. They can't make modification, but they can see all line angles. So as soon as I collect my money from the patients, as soon as we take the impressions, uh, we actually have an iTero scanner that's done. Then when I'm done with my final view of my ClinCheck software, when I've already accepted, I don't let the patient get into any kind of consulting with me of how they want things done because then it's a big must. I'm the doctor. I know what's best for the patient. Then I go ahead and if you, uh, in some of your cases you don't do it, but in my case I share and say, hey, here's what you're teaching, getting them excited for their next visit. Okay? Now, we've talked about what's visible in the ClinCheck. Uh, we've talked about the actual um, diagnostic portion, some of the treatments. But what I like to talk about is what's actually not visible. What do we not see, but it's important. You know, facial midline, skeletal midline, that the lip and teeth, uh, the functional movements, protrusive, 
uh, looking at these, these root positions even. So when you look at these kind of patients, when you look at the before and after on this patient, completely changes their, 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 their feature, their smile, uh, the way they, they, even though in this particular case, when you look at this patient, her smile line is what we, you know, cannot see on the lips or the relationship to the teeth. And just looking at that lower smile, just on the lower arch alone, that disappearing smile line goes away. Um, these patients, when you look at them from an overjet view, I always like to talk to the doctors. This is the reason why I want the overjet view, because in her case, I got her to this position after six months. Let me show you what she looked like before we started. The amount of overjet that she had in this particular patient, she had over 12 millimeters of overjet. So this is what the amount of overjet she had. So let's take a look at her in the, in, in the, using these features. And in this particular case, my, some of my doctors, you can kind of see just taking a perio probe and checking from the lower arch to the upper arch, that's just about 11 to 12 millimeters of overjet. She's had a premolar extraction. And do we do this case? This is actually a very simple case. It requires some interapproximation. It requires us to IPR and kind of the ClinCheck software told me, look, here's the amount of overjet. You can bring her back by adding IPR. Now, this is where some of you doctors say, look, I don't want to do IPR. They ask for 0.5 IPR all around. The lower teeth have crowding that's going to procline forward. Most of the IPR was in the anterior, on the upper, and some molar and premolar IPR. I got her to this position where now I'm just about three millimeters with interapproximation. But as you can see, I like to get that modal molar to settle and I have to go a little bit more. So the first 10 aligners, the 20 weeks was the heavy movement of interapproximation. And the final, where I go in my next stage, is the settling of the posterior teeth and allowing that anterior bite to finish with adding just a 0.3 IPR. Now, how did I get her to here? What clean check did I get back? So let's talk about this case and what I actually got back from the technicians. This is where she was when we first started. Let's see. Let's, uh, so here's her initial. This is where the patient was when I first got her. That's her overjet. And in looking at her case, just so you know, a full view case, here's the patient with, you can see the overjet, where her lingual cusps are actually hitting on one side of occlusion and the buccal cusp on the other. So she doesn't have the best of bites definitely breakdown of the golden rule of occlusion. And when you look at this patient with the severe overjet and the premolar extractions, what other options does she have? Okay. Option one could be she can pull out the wisdom teeth. And what does that do? Um, well, maybe she can start distalization. She had the ortho consults. She didn't want to have wire brackets. She didn't want to have any more surgical procedures in, in you know, really no other teeth that we can really extract. Invisalign is really her only hope in getting those teeth interproximated and lingualized. And that's where, when you look at her ClinCheck, and as you can see, doctors, in this particular case, that seemed like a lot of IPR, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, 0 0.5. Now, let's follow the same rule. Let's first look at the patient, turning off all these attachments and the overcorrections, and look at the final position. They told me, look, Dr. Tai, at best, we can get you here. Now, remember I said four millimeters is the amount of lingualization, correct? 
So let's take a look at an upper arch view using the grid feature, using the superimpose, and we're going to count how much lingualization they perform. Now, as you start to look at these cases, doctors, you're going to start using these side panels. You see how I'm kind of increasing it using the uh, little plus on the, on the minus and the rotation button where you can move the teeth, but counting the squares, just simply one, two, three on one incisor, one, two, three on another incisor, one, two, three. So we can actually go four millimeters of lingualization. And in this case, they're telling us, we can get you here. Okay, so if you can bring me back at least three, I'm good with that. I know I can go an extra millimeter. Now, doctors, you're going to have to trust the experience of doing at least a 1,000 cases in my book that I know four millimeters is very doable. And I'm going to show you how I'm proof of it in a minute. So 0.5, now when I turn on the IPR, 0.5, as long as I create enough interapproximation, I can get her close. What's happening to the lower arch? What's happening to the lower arch is there's proclinations happening, right? The teeth are actually proclining forward, and the upper is lingualizing. It's actually a really easy case when you look at this case. And you put the grid feature on, turn on the superimpose again, and you're going to go through and look and see, did we procline greater than 4 millimeters? And when you start to count... Where the blue, there's one, two, three squares. So we're just proclining three and upper lingualizing three. So that looks pretty close. I want to finish in a one millimeter overjet overbite. How does the occlusion look? How does the bite look? So now we can now use our occlusal tab and simply take a look here and see our bite marks. Is it custa fossa? Do we have enough bite? where the patient's occlusion, where she started, where there's none, there's no bite, and where she's finishing, she has some contact point. You can see that even the wisdom tooth has a little contact point. Maybe we may have to do some spot occlusion on the wisdom teeth or maybe extract. I just didn't want to go the extraction route. She was getting married in, in a year time, and I, wanted to, I was under the gun in getting her completed. So looking at this case, I'm good given the patient wears the aligners and follows the instructions. And from an anterior coupling standpoint, she is close to that one millimeter overjet overbite. So I told her, if we get you here, I'm happy. Let's see if we can do more. So that's where you saw where I first started, doctors, is we got her to this point. We got her to where she went from the anterior occlusion of about three millimeters, and that's pretty much where she ended up. That was the, the and I kind of was afraid to do the 0.5 doctors. I got to admit, I did a little bit less than that. I did about 0.4. So I knew that if I got her here, I asked her, I said, are you willing to do a little bit more interapproximation and I can lingualize you a bit more? So my next clean check that came back in uh, progress, what I ended up doing for her was the second version of this where this is where I ended up, correct, in my final case of finishing her in the ideal 1.5 millimeter overjet overbite. Now, they asked me to do 0.4. They asked me to do a bit more, right? They asked me, hey, you need to get some premolar and canine. And looking at this, I ended up, doctors, just so you know, I did about 0.3. So if you look at the final case compared to the clincheck, um, I'm not this tight on the anterior coupling. 
But looking at this, using the same format, getting rid of the IPR, getting in, in the progress that we've done, this is where we started putting on the grid feature. Did we lingualize her? Are we able to lingualize her predictably? And again, following the same rule, we count one, two. They're bringing back two millimeters with that 0.4 IPR. So I, in getting her case, I got her to that progress. And let's now review what I showed you earlier, where we started, where the clincheck said we were, where the clincheck said we should end up with the 0.5. That's the premolar and molar. Where I ended up doing about 0.4 IPR, didn't do the exact word. That gives me that three millimeter overjet over, overbite. And the posterior molar on number three, that needs to also be dropped down by adding a little bit of IPR. As you realize, when we start to lingualize these teeth, teeth become intruded. So I had to add an attachment. And the computer software, the technicians automatically did that. They added attachment on the molar for me. And we were able to lingualize with about 0.3 IPR. You can see I'm not that tight on the anterior coupling, but I'm getting everything to start to be seated from the start to finish. And all of this was in the year time period. So utilizing the same tools, and you can see I use the articulating paper to have the occlusion uh, kind of give you a better example of it, if you will, of where the bite is. And you can see the patient smile. She was excited and getting married. What I'd like to do now is do our final case where we actually did um, a restorative. In looking at this patient uh, coming in, she's got a missing number. 18. And by the way, doctors, just so you know, this final case here, this was published in the uh, Dental Products Report, and uh, I think it was the September issue. So in, in the world of GP, uh, I think it was a very big deal because when you look at these cases and, you know, there's really no hope for them. They've, they've gone down multiple consults, uh, you know, clear liners, especially with Invisalign and the ClinCheck software. It's definitely a treatment and a diagnostic tool. So final case, when you look at Leah, in her case, needing to have an implant placed, has spaces on top, a little bit of crowding on the bottom. You can see tooth number 14 is dropped in, and we like to go ahead and um, intrude 14. And when you look at her case, it's actually not a difficult case at all. But we need to get that intrusion. How much intrusion? Well, the ClinCheck software, I know I can intrude molars at least half millimeter to a millimeter predictably. Extruding them is more difficult. I use an iTero scanner to check my occlusion and bite. You can use an articulating paper, those of you who don't have it, but you can see very heavy bite on that molar. So I now want to go into the ClinCheck software and see exactly how much IPR, how much anterior coupling. What is my ideal um, bite position? So let's look at her case where they recommended the 0.5s and the 0.4s and some anteriors, and let's look at her first clinically. When you look at this case, I apologize. When you look at this case, you want to go ahead and look at it in terms of overbite. Okay, so here's Leah's case. I'm going to turn off all these attachments. So you can see she's got a little overjet. Um, she has that canine that's a little bit open. You saw that on the initial photo. She had that canine uh, guidance that wasn't ideal. You can kind of see that right here on the anterior. You can see that's the space between tooth number 11 and the opposing of number 22. And looking at the ClinCheck itself, um, 
it's actually very heavy bite on the premolar and that molar, like you saw what the iTero scanner showed or your articulating paper. Over jet view, final view position tells me that they've got some midline corrections possibly we can do. Not ideal, but it's okay. Let me take a look and see how the occlusion is. And um, do I have room? Do I have room for an implant here? How much room do we need interocclusally? That's not enough room for me, right? So I need to give a little bit more room to this patient in getting, you can use a grid feature, and those doctors who do lots of implants in ideal position, we like to get another millimeter, so I have to intrude this, right? So my conversation with the technicians would be, please finish in 1.5 millimeter overjet, 1 to 1.5 overjet overbite, intrude and allow space, and you just put the grid and tell them how much more you need, additional millimeter to two millimeters of interocclusal space on tooth number 19 for a restorations to be placed. They'll give you a full contour implant, uh, full contour um, pontic, which you can see here. And if you look at this case, you can now turn on the IPR, the pontic, which they've actually put, a, this is what a full contour pontic looks like, doctors, where it's, it's much easier for the patient to take on and off and just to buckle and the aligner's not thin. They added the point two and the fives, and the reason why they're doing this is because they're trying to bring, I can understand, the premolar, where they're trying to lingualize and create space on the upper arch to bring it in that one millimeter overjet overbite. And the point two is to kind of help with the rotations and the anterior coupling. So I'm not too keen on the point five, and I'm not too keen on the fact that I'm trying to lingualize too much. So, but I do need to do at least some IPR. Now, in this case, doctors, just so you know, the canine is pretty large. If I was going to do 0.5, it would be in the posterior rather than the anterior. So I went and accepted with the 0.4 and 0.3. And you're going to see the finish where I just kind of reduced the IPR just a little bit less. I always leave the amount that the technician has put in, but I don't do the entire IPR. I leave about a 0.1 millimeter residual left over for me. Okay? So in looking at Leah's case now, when we went and placed the implant and finalized her, you can see that I was able to get her midlines. If you look real closely, they're not ideal. The midline's not that ideal. If you look at the canine and premolar, I didn't need to go any further in doing the additional half millimeter. That was enough and tight enough. So we kind of went through and finalized her with the actual place of implant during the time of her... Um, cooking, and that, that you can see there's an implant actually placed there, and we finalized the entire case with, with her while she was in Invisalign plastic tray uh, treatment. You can kind of see, uh, you know, the intrusions are happening, the pontic is there, we're placing the implant, so we're still progressing and moving to this final position, okay? And we actually did a year post-op, and this case, again, was also a published case in the November issue of Dentistry Today, which also makes me proud because... You know, looking at these multidisciplinaries, we can't do it without having proper bite and occlusion in your final uh, treatment diagnosis. And those of you who need some additional help, those of you who need some uh, additional software and ClinCheck help, there's always third parties that you can reach out to. And if there's more information that you need, you can actually reach out. Uh, I'm part member of the Clearliner group that helps doctors, uh, general practitioners, and getting uh, some ca better case evaluations and treatment planning services. If you'd like to get more information, you can reach out to uh, clearTPS.com. So 
with that said, um, I wanted to kind of go through and finalize the review of how I do the ClinCheck and looking at these cases, um, starting with our very first one we discussed, overjet view is ideal, right? Looking at it, side view, overjet, and making sure that your cusp fossa follows. When I look at both sides, I then want to go ahead and look at the occlusion. You can actually use the occlusal tab right here, and that will show you the bite. You can see where the you know, molar here is a little heavier in the bite versus on this side. You know, the cusp of that molar might get in the way, as well as anterior collisions. Do I have any anterior collisions to, to give me posterior open bite? And if you see any red marks lighting up here, that means that you have a heavy bite. By putting your final finish at that 1 to 1.5 millimeter overjet overbite, doctors, I will guarantee as long as you do the amount of IPR recommended on the lower arch, you will not have some posterior light bites that you sometimes see happening in some of your cases, as I've heard before. And my final view is going to be where I press the actual play button with the attachments and the amount of IPR on. Um, as you saw, I didn't put the, these anterior attachments on this particular patient, and I didn't have an ideal uh, anterior final finish. So there's a reason why these optimized attachments are recommended and placed on, as well as the lingual bite tabs that are automatically I've put into my notes. So with that, I hope that you've gotten some idea of how to at least start uh, viewing your ClinCheck software, at least starting point of looking at where the finish should be. All right, Dr. Tai, thank you very much. If you could put that survey slide up, that would be great. Sure. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Tai. Great presentation. I want to cover one quick thing that's very important in order to receive your CE certificate for this program. Currently on the screen right now, there's a link to take a quick survey. Once you complete your survey, you'll have immediate access to your CE certificate, so please go there after the completion of the program. If you experience any problems with viewing any of the presentation, the archive program will be available on the Education tab of your Invisalign doctor site. I want to thank Dr. Atai again for a great presentation and for all of you for taking time out of your Friday to join us. We look forward to seeing you on another Ask the Expert webinar. Thanks very much. Thank you.